0: That's what's wrong with most of our athletes today we don't practice to be great we don't practice to be dominant we practice to practice what do you mean by that prime I'm glad you asked we practice counting the number of periods we practice understanding how much time we got left we practice just to get through practice we couldn't deals and practice you go so I go so we don't practice to be dumb when I ask you what was your purpose of practice you ain't got no answer for me I'm gonna ask you, what is your purpose of practice? I don't care if you practice at work. I don't care if you practice with your relationship. I don't care if you practice it in any endeavor you choose to do. What is your purpose for practice? I practiced to be the best ever. So every time I walked on that field, I had a purpose for my practice.
1: You know, in the athletic world, If you're not winning, you're in trouble. In the athletic world, they refuse to settle for anything less than a championship. It's just simple. How do I know that? You're watching college coaches right now being fired. Not because they're having a losing season, just because they're average. If a player doesn't play up to par, they bench him. Why? Because they expect nothing less than a championship. And if a coach decides to settle, if a player decides to settle, only trouble can follow. What's sad about this is a lot of times you and I settle. We've settled for the life that we have. Mediocre. Maybe some things haven't happened the way you want them to happen. You've just settled. And let me be honest with you, anytime you and I ever settle in anything in life, we're in trouble. If you settle at your job, you're going to be in trouble being fired. You settle in your marriage, it's in trouble of going downhill. You settle with your family, they're in trouble. You settle spiritually and you're in serious trouble. And so this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, don't settle. And that's hard to do today. I mean, we have so many neat technologies. I mean, you think about that right now, right now, our latest technology is you can get in a truck and you can set it on cruise control, go down the highway, and it will pass somebody for you without ever touching the steering wheel. You just take your hands off it and let it go. Now, I know that sounds dangerous, but you think about that. You like that because, oh, listen, it's cruise control. I can just settle. I can just take it easy. But anytime we settle, we're in trouble. Our lives should always be moving forward and upward. And if your life is not moving forward and upward, you're in trouble. And don't worry, retirees, that includes you too. Your life should always be moving forward and upward. This morning, I want to share with you a story from the Bible out of Matthew chapter 15 that will probably alarm you a little bit. Starts off kind of scary, but has a good ending. I have found over six different studies or stories in the Bible about people who would not Settle. And all too often, you and I settle for less than what God has promised us. And that settling is not God's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. And if we will learn not to settle, our lives will drastically change. I have to admit, I'm guilty of settling, and I will share some of that with you in a few minutes. But the truth is, none of us should ever, ever settle in life. Listen to what it says in Matthew. Chapter 15, verse 21 and 22. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy, O Lord, son of David. So you see she is pleading. She is pouring her heart out to him. For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. So we see Jesus and the disciples are on their way from one town to another. They run across this woman and she approaches him and she literally pours her heart out to him Lord, I'm begging you, my daughter is in trouble. Possibility right now that you may have some trouble in your life. You may have a child that's doing the wrong things in some big trouble. Maybe it's you, maybe it's your family member. Maybe right now you are pouring your heart out to the Lord. You're giving everything to him, just as this woman did. And let me encourage you, do that very thing. If you have got family members that aren't saved, pour your heart out to the Lord. If you've got family members that are going down the wrong road, you need to plead with him and beg him for salvation and a changed life. It is our responsibility to do that. You have the responsibility. I have the responsibility. We need to lift our family members. We need to lift our friends. Listen, you need to lift your church up. You need to lift your pastors up to the Lord in prayer. So here's this woman. She is pleading to the Lord. And what's going to happen next may shock you. In fact, it probably will. Because this is so un-American. Listen to what it says in verse 23. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. You may say, obviously you read that wrong. Obviously somebody wrote that wrong down in the Bible because there would be no way that somebody would pour their entire heart out to the Lord and he would ignore them. That's basically what he's doing. When you give somebody no reply, no word, you're basically what? You're ignoring them. So here's this woman. She gives her heart to him and he ignores her. Do you find that shocking? That's hard to imagine that you could pour your heart out to the Lord Jesus Christ and he's going to ignore you. Do you think this is a mistake? And the answer is no. In fact, we also read in Luke chapter 15 where a woman and Jesus is teaching about prayer. This woman approaches the judge to get justice. And the Bible says that he ignores her. Once again, Jesus is teaching about prayer. So he's saying, there's going to be times when you pray to almighty God and he's going to ignore you. Shocking, isn't it? Let's be honest. (laughs) Have you ever had a kid talk to you and you've ignored them? We know your kids ignore you. You don't have to go that. We know that road already. I mean, I've got three. I understand. But has your kid ever approached you and you've ignored them? They've asked you for something and you've just kind of let it go. You just kind of, we'll we'll, we'll leave this alone for now. Believe it or not, there are times in your life when you're going to pour your heart out to almighty God and he's going to ignore you. Now, you may say, Pastor, why? After all, she's in a desperate situation. Her daughter is demon possessed. I'm in a desperate situation. I've got kids in trouble. I've I've got trouble at my job. Why would he ignore me? The same reason why you ignore your children. Because you really want to know how bad do they want it. He really wants to know how bad do you want this. He really wants to know, are you serious about this? Or is this just an emotional moment for you? And a lot of times for most of us, it's just an emotional moment. We'll come down and we'll pour our heart out to the Lord. And we pour our heart out to the Lord. We just leave it right there and move on. We've forgotten all about just what happened. This woman poured her heart out. And he really wanted to see how serious she was. God sometimes leaves you hanging Because he wants to see how serious you really are. Now, now don't get judgmental. Don't get mad. Because in all reality, have you ever left God hanging? You don't have to answer that. I already know the answer. I'll testify. I have. God, I'll promise you I'll do this and I don't. I left him hanging. He leaves her hanging to find out how serious she's really going to be. And I have to admit this morning, and I'm going to just confess with you, I've settled here. And after reading this passage, I realized how wrong I was. I have poured my heart out to the Lord through prayer, through fasting, for, for family and for things in my life. And he didn't answer me. And then my Thought processor, my comment was back. Well, I've done my job, Lord. It's in your court now. God, it's all up to you. I'm finished. I did what you told me to do. I prayed. I've I've honored you, Lord. Although you haven't answered me, I'm done. It's up to you now, Lord. I'm wrong. It's not up to him. It's up to me. And here's why. God is truly sovereign. God is almighty. But in all reality, He wants to see how serious I am. Many years ago, there was a song out called Unanswered Prayers, country song, I Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. That is the wrongest song you'll ever listen to in your life. (laughs) There is nothing ever to be said about an unanswered prayer. Listen, if you prayed and God has not answered you, It's because you haven't prayed long enough and hard enough. Because God will answer you. How do I know that? Because over 2,500 times God talks in the Bible. He likes to talk. So if you prayed and God has not answered you, he's just waiting to see how serious you are. Don't do like I did and say, God, I've done my part. I'm done. It's up to you. We need to press in. We don't need to settle here. Listen, if you've got things in your life that need answering, pray. And if he hasn't answered, you pray. And if he still hasn't answered, you keep praying till you get an answer. Just that simple. And then when God finally gives you the answer, you don't have to pray anymore. You may not like what he answers, but you'll have your answer. Do not ever, ever go through life without getting an answer from the Lord. He is your heavenly father. He will never leave you hanging for a while. He just wants to see how serious you are. I realize I'm guilty. I told God it's up to you now, Lord, and it's not. It's up to me. Because when the Lord finally gives me an answer to some of my prayers, then I can quit praying. But until then, I'm going to pray. Some of you are struggling this morning in areas of your life and you prayed and that's all you've done. You keep praying, you keep searching, you keep seeking till he answers you. Not everything gets done immediately in our life. It would be nice to come to the altar and God just takes everything out of our life immediately. But that doesn't happen a lot of times. He'll set us free from some things, but some things he wants us to work at to get through it. And so you and I have to learn to push through. So here it is. She pours her heart out to the Lord. He ignores her. And if you think it can't get any worse, it does. The latter part of verse 23, listen to what it says. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all of her begging. Now, if it wouldn't get worse, I mean, once, it's once for Jesus to ignore us, But now his followers are saying, can you get her out of the way? She's bothering us with this begging. Now here's what's real interesting about this part. They're going from town to town to minister to people. Here is a lady right in their very path to minister to, and the disciples missed it. They missed it. This was their opportunity to love on her, to pray with her, to encourage her. But yet they do the opposite. They oppose her. Which tells us this. That you will always have opposition in your life when you seek the Lord for something near and dear to your heart. It is not going to come easy. It won't come easy. And the reason it won't come easy because the enemy knows that's what's near and dear to your heart. And that's why he puts up such a fight. There is a war that rages in within you and me. We have a war between the flesh and the spirit. You have two people that are fighting and the stronger one's going to win. The flesh is always going to want to oppose you, try to break you down, try to talk you down, try to discourage you, try to make you walk away while the spirit man wants to infill you, to grow you, to make you push forward. And we have to learn not to allow people to discourage us and oppose us. It happens. Another story in the Bible. There's a man in the the Bible named Bartimaeus. We'll just call him Bart. Bart was blind. Jesus is coming through town. And you can find this in Mark chapter 10. He's coming through town. And Bart is blind. There's hundreds of people around Bart. And he, he hears Jesus. And then he starts yelling his name. Heal me. Well, guess what happens? Oh, his friends pick him up and say, come on, we'll help you. We'll get you right to Jesus to heal you. No, they did just the opposite. They're saying, be quiet. In fact, one translation says they rebuked him. Another one says they yelled at him. Another one says they gave him a stern. In other words, what they were saying was, shut up, man. Jesus is coming. He's not worried about your blindness. We want to worry about him. Can you imagine that? But that's what happens. When you are desperately seeking the Lord, you are going to face opposition. The question is, will you be man enough? Will you be woman enough not to back down? Too many times we back down. Too many times we cower down. Too many times we give up and throw in the towel. When all reality, we should have just like this man. He kept yelling and yelling and yelling. The squeaky wheel always gets the grease. He caught Jesus' attention. After all, if you're yelling above everybody else, you'll, you'll get attention. And guess what happened? He was healed. He did not let the opposition of man get in his way. So here we have this woman. She's poured her heart out to the Lord. Jesus has ignored her. Now we have the disciples that are in opposition to her. Guess what? It's going to get worse. How could it get worse? Well, let's look at verse 24. Then Jesus said to the woman... I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. What? Now you gotta remember, Jesus is a Jew. She's a Gentile. They were never supposed to be around each other. And now he gives us this quote. Hey, listen, I was just sent to help Israel. That was it. You're a Gentile, nothing to do with me. Now you have to understand Jesus was sent for the Jew, but he was sent for who? Everybody. What he did was he just planted a seed in her head to see if she'd take it and run with it. To say, okay, Jesus, if you're that way, then I guess I'll just walk away and let my daughter be demon possessed. So often, you and I will hear something and we'll walk away. We heard this last week. You know, every now and then God will try to make a deal with you to see if you'll accept the deal. Remember Pastor Henry last week? Talking about deal or no deal? He told Moses, I'll send an angel in the land with you. And Moses said, No, sir. It's you or nothing. Nothing. No deal, Lord. It's either going to be you or nothing. What he was trying to do here was to see would she really bite into this? And she didn't. And so often, you and I do the very same thing. We will bite into something that God never intended us to bite into. We have to learn to accept the promises of his word and rely on and trust in nothing else listen if God promised to set you free you can be free if God promised to give you a new life you can get a new life if God promised to give you an abundant life he can give you an abundant life if you are caught today in addictions if you are caught today with a past God can set you free that is his promise to you But some of you have settled. Well, I guess I'll just be like this for the rest of my life and hopefully prayerfully when I go to heaven, I'll be set free. Thank you, Jesus. No, 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 no. Don't you ever, ever settle for anything less than the promises and the word of almighty God. Never. If he'll set you free, he will set you free. Period. Now, let me give you another story. Here you go, senior adults. Caleb is 85 years old. He has fought for 40 years to enter the promised land. He's 85. They get to the promised land. And of course, they say, it's yours. And here's what Caleb says. He says, I want you to give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. That's the land God promised me. And that's the land I want. The problem is that land was filled with Anakites which were giants which had fortified city fortified soldiers. In other words at 85 years old Caleb says I am taking the land the Lord promised me I know there's going to be a fight and I can go in and fight because he's promised me it is mine. How old was he? Remember that. Now if you're a little older than 85 you may can have the out on this one I don't know. But what I want you to understand, he wasn't 25, he wasn't 35, he was 85, and he said, God, you promised me this land, it's mine. Church, you need to get back in the Word and look at the promises of God. God, you promised me this, this is mine. God, you promised me that, it's mine. God, this is your promise to me, I will take it. God, this is your promise, I receive it. Receive it. There will be a fight, I promise you. There is going to be a fight. You just have to figure out whether you want to fight or not. And that's hard. Although I'm amazed sometimes at the things we fight about. You ever notice that? Somebody will cut you off on the road and you get road rage. And for the next hour, you're as mad as a Hank. And I mean, you're, you're biting nails and you're ready to go after them. And yet... You have a problem in your life and you just let it fester in your life rather than fighting to get it out of your life. Why? Because the devil's talked you into believing that that's the only way it can happen. So here we do. Let's go back. We have a lady, pours her heart out to the Lord. He ignores her. The disciples oppose her. Now all of a sudden, Jesus has given her this lion, this excuse, so to speak, that maybe she has nothing to do with this. But this is the best part. In verse 25, she wouldn't take no for an answer. Listen to what it says in verse 25. But she came and worshiped him, pleading, Lord, help me. If you don't see anything else this morning, please see this. She would not take no. Because she understood that Jesus was to seek and save the lost. And when she approached him, she worshipped him. Do you really know how you want to get? You know how you really want to get to the Father's heart? How do you get to the Father's heart, Priscilla? You what? You worship him. Here's a Gentile woman, not even a Jew. Give her notice. It's a woman, ladies. This is your chance to go. Yeah, it was a woman, not a man. You know, she knew how to get to Jesus. She said, "I'll worship him because I know if I worship him, he'll hear me. If I know I worship him." He'll take notice of me. She understood that the heart to the father is worship. If you're not worshiping him, it's probably a good reason why your prayers aren't getting answered. If you're not worshiping him, good possibility why things aren't going right in your life. If you're not worshiping him, it's probably why you're always so mad and upset and drained and defeated and fighting. Nothing will ever take the place of worshiping our Lord and Savior. Right. Nothing. Right. Not this praise team. I'm thankful we have a wonderful praise team that can lead us to that. But they can't get me to heaven. They can't get me to Jesus. I'm the one that's got to raise my hands and love him. I'm the one that's got to lift my voice and sing to him. And thank you, Jesus, it doesn't have to be in tune. <laughs> I won't do this loud around you folks. That way you can sing and be happy, but... All he cares about is my heart. That's right. She would not take no for an answer. When the odds were stacked against her, when he ignored her, when they opposed her, when he gave her kind of a legitimate excuse, she pressed in. There's some things in your life, as much as you don't want to do it, you're going to have to press in. There's some things in my life i got to press in. I've got to learn not to take no for an answer. So let me just be honest with you right now. If you're running from the Lord, you might as well give in because we're going to be praying for you and we won't take no for an answer. <laughs> if you're rebelling, you might as well just give in. We are not going to take no for an answer. We will pray and pray and pray until God gives us an answer. She wouldn't take no for an answer. And if there's another story, I'm giving you these illustrations to help you out. In Genesis chapter 32, the story about Jacob. Jacob was at his wit's end. In fact, Jacob was getting ready to be killed by his brother. After all, he'd lied to his brother. He stole from his brother. I mean, he had every right to be killed. And now he is alone, maybe having his last sleep because he knows tomorrow I'm going to face Esau and life's probably going to be over. But that night, the Lord wrestled with him. You know what Jacob did? He said, God, I can't wrestle you. I surrender. I'm done. No, he didn't. Jacob did just the opposite. The Bible tells us that Jacob wrestled him till morning and would not let him go. And finally, the Lord blessed him. He said, I won't let you go till you bless me. Are you letting go? Are you going to hang on to him till he blesses you? Are you letting go? Are you going to press in till he answers you? See, we've settled. There's some areas in your life and my life we've settled. We've just thrown it up to the Lord and we're Okay. There's been some areas in my life I've given to the Lord and I've settled. Forgive me. And it's hard sometimes not to settle because in some of our lives, life's going good. So we kind of put it in cruise control and take it easy. We kind of go on autopilot and let it go. We can't. We have to keep pushing in to the Lord. You and I can never ever settle in our lives. It doesn't matter whether it's your spiritual life it doesn't matter if it's your work life, your family life, don't ever, ever settle. You keep pressing in. You keep growing as an individual. You keep getting stronger as an individual so that your life will get better and better. I'm not going to say all hell won't break loose in your life, but when it does, you press in. You get the answer. Because you see, when you hold on to Jesus and you won't let go, He's finally going to talk to you and answer you. So this woman is worshiping him and hanging on to him. Now the tide's getting ready to turn. And I love this part. Verse 26. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, true Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Did you see that? She respectfully goes toe to toe with Jesus. She argues with him. She is arguing with him. Now notice the dig that she makes their master's table. There's a key on that word. We've seen her beg. We've seen her worship. And she's saying, Lord, you're my master you can at least bless me. See, church, it's okay to argue with God. In fact, God wants you to argue with Him every now and then. God wants to know that your children are important to you. God wants to know that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. God wants to know that you're tired of living under the addiction you're under, living under. God wants to know you're tired of living in your past. God wants to know you're tired of being haunted by your memories. God wants you to argue and say, Lord, I will not budge till you get rid of these things in my life. Lord, I'm going to hang on to you till you set me free. God, I want to be a victor, not a victim. God, I want to be the one who reigns over death because you're going to fill me with your love and your light and your salvation. God, today I want to walk in light, not in darkness. And Lord, I will not let go. Until you do it. Just that simple. So know this. Nothing great, nothing worthy will ever come without a fight. Nothing. There's always going to be opposition in your life. So you better never, ever give up. It always is going to take some work period. Do you realize you even have to work real hard to be lazy? You realize that? I mean, some of you right now, and I'm going to point you out, some of you work real hard trying to figure out how not to work at work. I mean, sometimes you're working harder, not to work. It'll just be simply to work. Y'all get that, don't you? Yeah. Sometimes we work real hard not to work. So why don't you put it to good use? Work. Because see, when you do that very thing, here's what happens in verse 28. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is what? Granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Wow. Because she pressed in, and wouldn't take no for an answer. He answered her. Now, let me just be honest with you real quick. There are going to be times when God's going to give you an answer that may not be the way you want it to be. But know this, if God's giving you that answer, he knows what's best for you and he knows what's best for everything. Accept it and move on. God may give you an answer you don't want to hear, but you press in and you don't let go Till God gives you an answer. That's right. Let me leave you with this passage of scripture. Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 8 says this. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he, meaning Jesus, used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. And I want you to see it's midnight. Midnight for some of us is real late. For some of you, you're just getting started, but for most of us, it's late. Some of us have already been in bed a couple of hours, but you know, it's late. It's midnight. See, some of you right now, it's late, in your, it's late in your life. It's midnight. You're the darkest hour of your life and you're wanting help. In fact, it says wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, which would be opposition for my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though, he won't do it for his friendship's sake. Why will he do it? If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless <laughs> persistence. <laughs> so let me, let, let's look. I want you to see these keys word. If you keep praying long enough right. and you pray for what you need, your shameless persistence will give you exactly what you need. So my question for you this morning, are you going to walk out of here and settle? Right. Are you going to say not today, Lord, I've settled long enough. I'm coming to this altar. And today I'm going to give my heart and life to you. Lord, I'm coming to the altar. I'm going to let people pray for me today. Pray for my healing. Pray for deliverance in my life. And Lord, I will not shut up. I will not back down. I will not give in until you give me an answer. Because I can tell you what, that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to pursue my Lord until he gives me an answer. And when he gives me the answer, I'll accept it. So let me ask you one more time. Are you going to settle today? Are you going to walk out of here? Because see, if if you got areas in your life that need help and you walk out, you've settled. You have settled. And it's time we don't settle. We keep knocking at the Lord's heart. We keep praying. We pray, God, this is what I need. God, I need to be delivered from this. Lord, I need my children saved. God, I need my family saved. And you keep praying and praying and praying. And because of your shameless persistence, this is Jesus talking to me and you, because of our shameless persistence, he will give us the very things we desire and we need. Don't settle for less, church. Today, you press in and you ask Jesus to give you what you need and he will grant you those desires. Father, I pray in your mighty name today that we will block out the opposition in our minds. Father, we will not take the deal. Father, I pray today we will approach this altar with all of our heart, and Lord, we will not give in. Today, Lord, give us what we need. Today, Father, save our children. Save our husbands and our wives. Save our family members. Today, set them free from alcohol, from drugs, from vaping, from addictions. Set them free from their guilt and their shame. Set them free, Lord, from the cares of this world and the guilt the world is offering us. Lord, I pray today that we will press in as a church. We will press in as individuals. And Lord, we will not settle for anything but your glory and your kingdom. Lord, today we surrender all. And we pray today you will meet us at our need and you will answer our very heart's cry. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at eight five zero. 926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrofferville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at ROLCrofferville.com for more information and directions.